APFA and KPFB in Berkeley and KFCF in Fresno at online at kpfa.org. The time is uh, 3.30. Stay tuned for Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy, it's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday, happy endings are the rule, so divide up. Those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys, there's your picture. Drop the shadows out of This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. I have so many things to deal with today that I'm completely flabbergasted. Flubbered. I was listening to the radio on my way to the station this afternoon. I think it was NPR. It seems that the, um, the suicide bombers in London were local boys. Now, uh, they didn't say one way or the other if these guys were, um, Muslims, uh, what their religious affiliation might be. Oh, my God, if they're Timothy McVeigh types, well, w- 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 Tony Blair's. I mustn't talk about it because the information isn't out. It'll be on the evening news. Check it out. Uh, it does seem that three of the suicide bombers that hit the um, streets of London here were um, from West Yorkshire. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, uh, Yorkshire lads. The Brontes would be interested in that information. Never mind. I'm going to skip that and wait until we have the serious information. I wanted to talk today about um, a TV series called Guns, Germs, and Steel. It wasn't as incisive as I would have liked, but uh, certainly school teachers, especially for younger kids, it's it's a good starter course, you know, um, the book is probably uh, uh, a better buy. Jared Diamond wrote the book, and uh, it's running on PBS. It's a three-part study of inequality, you know, um, uh, why some are rich and some are poor, why there's the haves, the have a little, have a lot, uh, have not a dime left, right, okay. Um, it's trying to lay out the reasons why uh, the... The societies, the cultures of the world, you know, uh, are living today at such different levels of prosperity. The point being that equality of opportunity is not possible without equality of condition. Duh, yes. They go back 12,000 years and point out that, you know, you had to have certain crops and uh, certain tools and the geography had to provide you with same and blah, 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 blah. We all know all this. Uh, I think it was a good idea to put the series on as background for the conference in Scotland where they're discussing, you know, um, uh, forgiving the debt in um, developing countries, all that business. But uh, 
They do show you a lot of stuff about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They use Papua New Guinea as a society that, of course, remained in the Stone Age because all the energy and effort had to go into raising a handful of um, tubers, roots, and odds and ends. Let's see, they had a few pigs, but um, they didn't have the resources. It's just as simple as that, folks. Uh, it's a lot of stuff about living on certain latitudes around the the globe. Uh, check out Guns, Germs, and Steel. It's something you might want to watch with the children and then maybe, you know, take it a little further. Look up some some specifics. What's charming about the series is the way it points out that intelligence and human ingenuity has absolutely nothing to do with how rich or poor you are. You know, racism was invented to excuse the uh, horrors, inequities that uh, we perpetuated uh, later on. Uh, I think I want to talk about, mostly about um, stuff affecting women today. I I was delighted to find my quote of the week here. Uh, <laughs> I want you to guess who said it. Um, uh, the quote of the week is, Women live longer than men because their lives are easier. I'll repeat that. Women live longer than men because their lives are easier. Now, that particular quote is from Rush Limbaugh, but of course, it goes all the way back to Schopenhauer. You know, he said, yes, their lives are quieter, uh, you know, uh, less interesting than men's, you know. They're just kind of, uh, <laughs> no, no extremes, right? You know, uh, are kind of, um, they kind of float. Anyway, Ah, uh, this is the sort of thing that gets me to the point where I want to scream. I'm afraid I've been too angry this week to think straight. Yes, I was thinking of uh, the the wonderful Sandra Day O'Connor leaving the Supreme Court. Give me that woman who is not passion's slave, no neurotic she, no neurasthenia there, you know. Uh, she just uh, made sense. Now, uh, there are an awful lot of women like that. There are also a lot of women like me who just get into a rage. And uh, last night, the only thing that would cheer me up was Mark Twain and Shakespeare. I went through the uncensored writings of Mark Twain, Letters from the Earth. They're all about, you know, Satan's letters to God. Uh, Lucifer takes a trip to the Earth and has some, some pretty rough opinions, right? Shakespeare, of course... Um, is my most favorite, and I think it was because of the tragedies in London that I kept going back to uh, the Elizabethan the Elizabethan texts. Uh, our words are so inadequate. Um, Queen Elizabeth wasn't too bad, um, and of course, if these um, if these terrorists, the ones from last week, if they are homegrown. That does change the texture of that story no end. Um, and, of course, in the past, most of the uh, criminals in England were homegrown. My favorite material comes from, well, not just the history plays, but let's see. Let me look at, uh, let me look at Richard III. That's my most favorite. Uh, I remember once, I think it was the beginning of the first Gulf War, when I realized that... Uh, we had made the great U-turn, and that in my lifetime, there was not going to be the brave new world I had dreamt of. Uh, 
I remember, was it old Queen Margaret? Ah, uh, yes, it does make you feel old, these things. She said, yes, let me die to look on death no more. And I thought, yeah, that's that's the nice thing about departing this life. You don't have to watch these MFers, right? Uh, I did some bits of Queen Margaret, I remember. We didn't do the whole play. We did them in workshop when I was a schoolgirl, a college girl. And old, old Queen Margaret, she she gets together with the women, and all they can do, of course, is weep and wail like a Greek chorus. They are not in power. They can only play it, uh, play it the woman's way. Um, the women get together, and Queen Elizabeth, the younger one, says, Teach me how to curse mine enemies. I thought of old Hecuba, right? Uh, she's the one who knew how to curse the enemy. These are all mothers of murderers, and they are, of course, a little confused because, of course, um, yes, as Margaret says, how do I thank thee that this carnal cur preys on the issue of his mother's body when your children grow up to be murderers? Uh, how do you deal with that? Um, Old Queen Margaret says, So now prosperity begins to mellow and drop into the rotten mouth of death. She says she hopes the consequence will prove as bitter, black, and tragical. Yes, she's looking for a comeuppance. She's out for revenge. I think revenge is a cold supper. She, she goes on to say, From forth the kennel of thy womb hath crept a hellhound that doth haunt us all to death. That dog that had his teeth before his eyes to worry lambs and lap their gentle blood. That foul defacer of God's handiwork. That excellent grand tyrant of the earth that reigns in galled eyes of weeping souls. Thy womb let loose to chase us to our graves. O upright, just, and true disposing God, how can I thank thee that this carnal cur preys on the issue of his mother's body? Earth gapes. Hell burns. Fiends roar, saints pray to have him suddenly conveyed from hence. Cancel his bond of life, dear God, I pray, that I may live and say the dog is dead. And they go on to describe uh, the current tyrant as a bottled spider, that sort of thing. <laughs> I don't know, there is great relief, I suppose, in words, as Hamlet says, you know, like a whore, I unpack my my feelings with words. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It goes on to say, as Richard yet lives, hell's black intelligencer only reserved their factor to buy souls, buy souls, and send them thither. At hand is piteous and unpitied end. I don't know um, whether it helps to holler and scream and whether that is any more true than uh, than the blood itself. I looked up Berthold Brecht. 
I don't know why sometimes Brecht sobers me up and gets me grounded in modern uh, modern thought. Um, he talks about truth, which uh, I'm afraid, what is it they say, truth is the first casualty of war. Gandhi used to say that the truth is God. I, I'm not quite sure where linguistics takes us. Bertolt Brecht wrote, whoever wants to fight lies and ignorance today, whoever wants to speak the truth must surmount at least five difficulties. He must have the courage to speak the truth where it is everywhere stifled, the intelligence to recognize it when it is everywhere hidden, the art to make it manageable like a weapon, the judgment to choose who will know how to make it effective, and finally enough guile to make them understand it. These difficulties are great for those who write under fascism. They are also very real for those who are exiled or who fled, or even for those who write under the regime of bourgeois liberty. Yes. I was thinking today, listening to various radio stations, Air America and so forth, and it came to me to think that uh, what they are screams so loud, sometimes I can't hear what they say. Uh, it's all about attitude. Um, it's all about, what is that, uh, their spin, their angle. Uh, there's something here I wanted to read to you about, uh, I was thinking, listening to all the fuss and nonsense about Karl Rove and uh, to read you something written by Senator Robert Byrd is a Democrat from West Virginia old, old, old man dear old Senator Robert Byrd he gets a lot of stuff <laughs> he writes Hitler's originality lay in his realization that effective revolutions in modern conditions are carried out with not against the power of the state. So you've got to become the state, right? Okay. This is the quote going on. He says, The correct order of events for Hitler was first to secure access to that power, then begin his revolution. Hitler never abandoned the cloak of legality. He recognized the enormous psychological value of having the law on his side. Instead, he turned the law inside out and made illegality legal. That is to say, as Martin Luther King used to tell us there are just laws and unjust laws. Uh, what a free-for-all, folks. What a free-for-all we're having. Uh, I hope, well, I guess I will not say anything more about the situation in England, uh, whether or not these guys turn out to be uh, Christians or Muslims will have a great effect on uh, how it all turns out uh, We'll wait till this evening to see. I'm going to skip all the way to Mark Twain because Mark Twain, I think, I think that I can honestly say that in my heart of hearts, I think that Mark Twain was as angry as I am, that he was a misanthrope as I am a misanthrope. Uh, he was not a misogynist, God bless him. He has uh, really extremely kind things to say about women. Check out his marvelous piece, The Diary of Adam and Eve. <laughs> There's a little teeny, 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 teeny pinch of condescension at the end. Uh, Adam 
Yes, after Eve's death, Adam says, wheresoever she was, there was Eden. Twain, of course, gives over uh, all beauty and meaning and, and uh, grace to the feminine. When, of course, uh, there are masculine traits which can be admired. Uh, he writes letters called Letters from the Earth, Letters from Satan back to God. And uh, this stuff, let's see, some of it was not published until after his death. And most of it is pretty grim. It's not fun. Uh, it's not the sort of thing, you know, he got paid for. He got paid for being clever. In letter 11, Mark Twain writes, Human history in all ages is red with blood, bitter with hate, stained with cruelties. But not since biblical times have these features been without a limit of some kind. Even the church, which is credited with having spilt more innocent blood since the beginning of its supremacy than all the political wars put together, uh, yes, uh, even the church, yes, has observed a limit, a sort of limit. But you notice that when the Lord God of heaven and earth, adored father of man, when he goes to war, there's no limit. He's totally without mercy. He who is called the fountain of mercy, he slays, slays, slays. All the men, all the beasts, all the boys, all the babies, also all the women and all the girls, except those that have not been deflowered. He makes no distinction between innocent and guilty. The babies were innocent, the beasts were innocent. Many of the men, many of the women, many of the boys, many of the girls, yes, all suffered with the guilty. What the insane father required was blood and misery. He was indifferent as to who furnished it. Hmm. He goes on to talk about the 32,000 virgins, right? <laughs> yes, the virgins were spoil, he said, plunder, booty. Okay. Oh, yes, all those virgins and the church. Let's see. <laughs> Let us skip. Let us skip. Uh, there's so much in here. I wish I could read you the whole novel. In the old days, we used to have evening readings, and we could read whole novels. Uh, ah, he goes on to write, yes, uh, the Roman church, right? In all ages, the savages of all lands have made the slaughtering of their neighboring brothers and the enslaving of their women and children the common business of their daily lives. Hypocrisy, envy, malice, cruelty, vengefulness, seduction, rape, robbery, swindling, arson, bigamy, adultery, and the oppression and humiliation of the poor and the helpless in all ways have been and still are more or less common among both the civilized and uncivilized peoples of the earth. For many centuries, the common brotherhood of man has been urged, especially on Sundays. Patriotism has been urged on Sundays and weekdays both. Yet, patriotism contemplates the opposite of a common brotherhood. Woman's equality with man has never been conceded by any people, ancient or modern, civilized or savage. Then he goes on to discuss the so-called lower animals, which, as he points out, are not lower at all. What is it? He says, man is the only animal that blushes or needs to. Um, mm -hmm. 
goes on to talk about the hideous slaughter of the buffalo, the uh, completely uh, reckless and arbitrary violence of the European male. Uh, let's see, my other favorite bit. Well, our so-called reasoning powers and our so-called, oh, I guess, the sexual imbalance. Uh, that's pretty pretty rough around the edges. Uh, let's see. Let me read you that just because I remember when I first read it, it startled me because I did not think that a man, a 19th century male, knew uh, the sort of thing, uh, well, Women's sexual capacity is what he talks about, and uh, <laughs> he's very, very explicit. Uh, he talks an awful lot about all this awful hugging that they do in heaven. That's uh, embarrassing. Uh, but the best bits, I have to admit, are the ones about uh, our misbehavior, not just in the bedroom, but... Uh, in uh, in our distribution of uh, freedom to women and men. Uh, he says, uh, Every statute in the Bible and in the law books is an attempt to defeat a law of God that is an unalterable and indestructible law of nature. This people's God has shown them by a million acts that he respects none of the Bible's statutes. He breaks every one of them himself, adultery and all. The law of God, as quite plainly expressed in woman's construction, is this. There shall be no limit put upon your intercourse with the other sex sexually at any time of life. The law of God, as quite plainly expressed in man's construction, is this. During your entire life, you shall be under inflexible limits and restrictions sexually. I have put an asterisk and a footnote here. Yes, that's why they invented Viagra. Uh, they wish to go against nature, yes. During 23 days in every month, in the absence of pregnancy, from the time a woman is seven years old till she dies of old age, she is ready for action and competent. Oops, he's going to get into trouble. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. He's going to get into trouble from modern feminists there. But uh, competent every day, competent every night. Also, uh, she yearns for um, uh, consummation. Yes, she hankers after it. This is commanded by the law of God in her heart. But man is only briefly competent and only then in the moderate measure applicable to the word in his sex's case, he is competent from, oh, the age of 16 or 17, thenceforward for 35 years. After 50, his performances of poor quality. The intervals between are wide, and its satisfactions of no great value to either party. Oh, this is unfair. I'm interrupting. I'm interrupting. Anyway, whereas, Mark Twain goes on to write, his great-grandmother is as good as new. There is nothing the matter with her. <laughs> he 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 uses the term candles and candlesticks to uh, stand in for genitalia. I do not think even that is politically correct these days. Uh, his candle is increasingly softened and weakened by the weather of age, and as the years go by, yes, <laughs> it can no longer stand at last and is mournfully laid to rest in the hope of a blessed resurrection, which is never to come. 
uh, by the woman's make, her plant has to be out of service uh, three days in the month. And during a part of her pregnancy, these are times of discomfort, often of suffering. Uh, for fair and just compensation, she has the high privilege of unlimited adultery all the other days of her life. This is the law of God as revealed in her make. Uh, what becomes of this high privilege? Does she live in the free enjoyment of it? No. Nowhere in the whole world. She's robbed of it everywhere. Who does this? Man. Man statutes. If the Bible is the word of God, I would put a footnote here, of course. All the uh, holy books uh, limit women's sexuality. Uh, all the modern books, yes. Uh, by modern, I mean the last two to three thousand years. Now, there you have a sample of man's reasoning powers. That's what he calls them. He observes certain facts, for instance, uh, that in all his life, he never sees the day that he can satisfy one woman. <laughs> also, that no woman ever sees the day that she can't overwork and defeat and put out of commission any ten masculine uh, plants that can be put to bed to her. Um, he puts those strikingly suggestive and luminous facts together and from them draws the astonishing conclusion... The creator intended the woman to be restricted to one man. And so, <laughs> he concretes that singular conclusion into a law for good and all. He does this without consulting the woman, although she has a thousand more time, she has a thousand times more at stake in the matter than he has. His procreative competency is limited to an average of a hundred exercises per year, perhaps for 50 years. Hers is good for 3,000 a year for that whole time, and as many years longer as she may live. Thus his life interest in the matter is 5,000 refreshments, while hers is 150,000. Yet instead of fairly and honorably leaving the making of the law to the person who has an overwhelming interest at stake in it, this immeasurable hog who has nothing at stake in it worth considering makes the law himself. Now, you have hitherto found out by my teachings that man is a fool, and you are now aware that woman is a damned fool. That was my favorite line. I'm interrupting Mark Twain here. I put that up on the walls in my woman's dormitory in the 1950s, yes. Uh, with Mark Twain's num name under it, you know. Uh, the lines, you have heretofore found out by my teachings that man is a fool, and you are now aware that woman, woman is a damned fool. And I wish I had time. I will go on uh, soon to, to read to you all the bits about what Mark Twain he imagines heaven to be a... Uh, uh, this book has been compared to that of Jonathan Swift, to the works of Voltaire. Uh, uh, it's beyond a satire. It's not just sardonic. It's just plain grim. He has a, uh, an example here in the Sandwich Islands in 1866. Now, he does tend to be, like most men, he does tend to measure rather than think. And he does measure woman's sexual uh, capacity in terms of number, that is, um, uh, as Kinsey did, you know, uh, quantity rather than quality, which might be called um, uh, a drawback. But uh, 
Yes, the examples here in the Sandwich Islands are worth reading, folks. Uh, anyway, uh, the general gist of these letters is, of course, man's inhumanity to man, that which makes countless thousands uh, mourn. And he says, of course, our greatest inhumanity is practiced uh, in the uh, religious wars. God forgive, yes, God forgive us all for our, uh, what is that? Our opinionated, uh, our bondage to our own opinions. This has been Jennifer Stone. I'll be back on the air Thursday morning at 8.20. Till then, go easy. If you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. in darkness from the ones who walk in light light them up boys there's your attention through a collaborative effort between KPFA flashpoints La Onda Bajita in New College, California a summer radio series will air from Friday, June 24th through Friday, August the 12th. Both the Flashpoint's daily investigative news show and the 8 to 10 p.m. La Onda Bajita program focused on Latino and immigrant cultural and political issues will be broadcast with a live audience from New College, California's Creamery Performance Space located at 777 Valencia Street in the heart of San Francisco's Mission District. For further information, call 510-848-6767, extension 241.